Hey, I'm Jesse. This is the sword my dad gave me the day that I was ordained. And he told me to rightly divide the word of truth. It comes from this verse that we're going to study today. We're in 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. Be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. The literal translation of the Greek for correctly teaching is cutting it straight. Um, what's up, Dr. H.B. Charles? I'm so grateful for your ministry. Uh, the, everybody who's there at, at, at Shiloh Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, man, it was so cool to be a part of that, that conference, even just as an exhibitor and to, and to be able to just to be in proximity to everybody. It was so cool. I, I was blessed by that conference every year that I was at Lifeway. It's this expository preaching conference, and it's called the Cutting It Straight Conference. It was really, really cool. Um, and and it's, it's also named for this. When I was ordained, my dad gave me that sword. It's why we also kind of pass the tradition on and give swords to, to men at, at yet initiation. That, that I would rightly divide the word of truth, that I would cut it straight. Right, this is, the, the, that, for that reason, you would be diligent, Timothy. Not just a one-time thing, but you would persevere in this. You would maintain diligence in the practice. And so that you would not, you would be one approved and a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed which then delineates the fact that if you have not rightly divided the word of truth, if you have been a teacher of the word of God and you've misrepresented what it says, you've taught with false doctrine and you've committed heresy, you should be ashamed of yourself. Confess that sin, be restored, be repentant and sin no more. Go on and teach it correctly. In fact, I would encourage you to issue a redaction, a correction. If you've misrepresented the truth of the gospel, set the record straight now. Don't be ashamed anymore. You can repent, you can teach correctly. But if you don't teach it incorrectly in the first place, you don't need to be ashamed. When I've messed up, when I've taught incorrectly, I had these habits. When I was teaching the book of uh, Genesis, I think it was, I would get the names of Jacob and jo Joseph mixed up in my head. And so I had to get up in front of the church and just issue this correction, this redaction. And I tried to make up for it by, by showing this full genealogical line that led to Jesus. Uh, and, and, and when I've, I messed up the name of Miriam, I kept confusing uh, Miriam with somebody else when I was teaching numbers in Deuteronomy. I had to get up and apologize for that, ask for forgiveness for that, and, and set the record straight and correct that. All right, when I, when I teach incorrectly, even if I, if, I, if I mix up names, I feel badly, but I feel terribly about it. I don't even want to get that wrong. Uh, if I stumble, if I stutter, if I mispronounce something, or if I name somebody the wrong way, please forgive me for that. If you bring it to my attention, uh, I'll be able to correct it and issue a redaction. So if you're a teacher of the Word of God, you've been teaching a false gospel, you've been controverting the Word of God, you've been trying to say that it says something other than what it says, according to this text, you should be ashamed of yourself, but you don't need to stay in your shame. In the same way that a sinner can repent from sin and be restored, you can redact your false teaching and you can be restored. In fact, I've seen that happen. I've seen false teachers get up and say, I've been preaching the wrong gospel. And with tears in their eyes, they confess that sin. They ask the church to forgive them. They preach the true gospel. Now, does it lead to the shrinking of their congregations? Yeah, actually, I'd say it leads to a more realistic representation of the number of Christians who were actually in the room at the time. I praise God for testimonies like those. 
I've seen more than once. I, I used to live in Orlando and there were these guys from TBN who would get up and teach all sorts of craziness on television. I saw one of them get up and just outright say like, I've been misrepresenting the gospel. And to the day that he died, as I remember correctly, if, if I remember correctly, like he maintained the true gospel. I didn't follow his ministry very closely, uh, very closely to begin with. But if I understand correctly, he got up and he confessed that and he began to preach the true gospel. Same thing with another guy that you'll you'll see on uh, you'll see on the internet. He was at one point a prosperity teacher, and he confessed that that, that was wrong of him, and so he's no, he's no longer ashamed. You don't need to be ashamed anymore. If that's you. If you've been teaching falsely. You can just teach correctly. You can confess and you can redact and you can now, if, if you need to step down from the platform for a while, that's probably good. You probably need to do more studying. But if you do teach correct doctrine, you don't need to be ashamed. You can be diligent. You can study to show yourself one approved. That's that's the, uh, that was actually the, the, in the letter that I wrote to apply for seminary as a 22 year old, a 23 year old, uh, when I was applying for New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, like, why do you want to be in seminary was the, was the question. And I was like, and it was, it was this verse, I want to study and I want to show myself as one approved. I don't want to get up on the platform and teach wrong. I don't want to misrepresent the text. I'm not going to be a perfect man. All right, I'm going to mess up in some ways, but man, the word of God is perfect. And so I want to steward it well. I want to study and be approved in that regard because I'm not misrepresenting the text, but I'm teaching with proper doctrine. For that reason, I don't want to be ashamed. I want to correctly teach the word of truth. That's why my dad gave me this sword. I pray that I've lived up to the standard. I pray that I haven't let you down. If God's called you to be a teacher of the word, would you teach it correctly? Study it. Show yourself as one approved within uh, the ordination process at the Redemption Church, what we ask is that you either go to seminary or do the equivalent personal study. Work at least as hard as a seminary student, if not harder. Study, study diligently. I'm amazed at how often people will radically underestimate this. They have no concept of the agony, of the time it takes to go learn Hebrew, to learn Greek, get to learn two whole ancient languages. For crying out loud, that's hard to do, man. It requires diligence. Don't just look at the guy up on the platform and say, like, wow, that looks like fun. I think I'd like to do that. No, man, it takes diligence. You have to study hard. You have to show yourself as one approved. If you're not theologically ready to do it, don't do it yet. If you learn that you've been teaching the false gospel, correct it. Maybe even go back to seminary and get some proper training. Go back to the word and, and, and do so diligently. All right, there's diligence to this thing. It is difficult. That's why I think uh, that, that's, why, that's why I think pastors need to, be, need to be paid in such a way that they can afford to focus their full time on this because this is hard to do. This is really hard to do. I'm paranoid before I get up and, and preach and before I even record these videos and I agonize over the curriculum that I write because I don't want to misrepresent the text of the Word of God. Be diligent, study hard, show yourself as one approved, and then you don't need to be ashamed. You can instead correctly teach the Word of Truth. There's nothing like it.